Hey fam, let's catch the moment. We open this space with the knowledge that the land in which we are located is occupied and unceded territories. On this, their traditional land and ancestral home, join us in acknowledging the tribal groups from where we personally vibe, including the Kickapoo, Kansas, Osage, Odos, Missouri, Padawami, Sioux, Shawnee, Wyandotte, Choctaw, and Chitty Macha tribes. We look to you as we become better stewards of the land we inhabit. Peace and love. Let go. Little razzle dazzle, you know, it's the time. And welcome to the We Out Here podcast, a place to hear the stories of Black, Brown, and Indigenous folks in science and nature. You're listening to your boy, Alexi G, coming to you with some wild, weird energy today and feeling blessed. Feeling blessed to have this presence around me. Barf. The one and only. Barf. My name is Allison Jones. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> I retweet the chaotic energy and the blessings all around me <laughs> yes yes we got a special fabulous guest someone i've known for quite a while so go ahead and introduce yourself with your name your pronouns and what you do hello my name is chelsea connor i am from the commonwealth of dominica in the caribbean it's not the dominican republic i promise <laughs> <laughs> tell them and i am a tropical herpetologist and brood fan and just all around, like, fan of nature. I like being Love outside. It. I like exploring. I've been doing a little bit of it here in California, in San Francisco, where I am. But my heart will always belong to the tropics. You know, sometimes I go outside and I see how dusty it is in San Francisco. And I'm like, this <laughs> is probably not for me. You know? I do appreciate Fair. when we go by a playground and there's a random parakeet sitting there. I'm like, that's nice. That's cute. Look at you. I don't know how you like You shouldn't be here. <laughs> Chelsea, what is your favorite bird in the world? That's a really good question. It's nothing in North America. Of course. Of course. Uh, <laughs> Feels right. So on my, Feels right. <laughs> on my island, we have a lot of endemic birds, two of which are parrots. One is more rare than the other because it doesn't breed as often as the other one does. We love it so much, we put it on our flag, and therefore we are one of the few countries in the world to have purple on our flag because the parrot Ooh. has purple on it. So that's Purple like parrot. one of them. Yeah, it has like, it's green. Its back is green. And then on the front, um, around the neck area, there's some purple and red. Its beak is yellow. Its eyes are also red when it's um, in adulthood. I'm trying to remember you all the other colors it. on it. Feet are also yellow. I love it. It's a very good parrot. And the other mm -hmm. one, the other parrot is more just red and green, which is mm -hmm. fine. Mm -hmm. It's fine. Yeah. It's a Christmas parrot. Yeah, the Cicero parrot is what it's called, which is what it's called. Cicero parrot is the one that has the purple. The jackal okay. parrot, the second one, has mostly red and green on it. Have you seen any cool wildlife since you've been up in the Bay Area? So the parakeets are cool. I have seen a lot of uh, nudibranchs because I went Ooh. down to the shore when it was like the time for tide pooling. And there were a couple like really cool nudibranchs. I enjoy nudibranchs a lot. They're just really adorable to look at. So for those who've never heard of a nudibranch, what's a nudibranch? It is a sea slug. Ooh. So imagine like a land slug, but in the ocean and the salt does <laughs> not right. bother it. And yeah. also they are now more colorful because they live in the yeah. ocean. So they're a little bit, they, they have to put some pizzazz on the typical yeah. like, slug life. They're like, we can't yeah, do that. Yeah, a little that. razzle dazzle, you little know. A little razzle dazzle, you know, it's the time. To jump back to birds, I cannot mention favorite birds without talking about like the bird that like made me a, a birder, bird lover, however you <laughs> describe it. My grandmother used to feed these these small passerine birds we have in the Caribbean. They're across the Lesser Antilles and they're called banana quits. Um, on my island, as far as I know, we only get the yellow morph. There is a black morph, but for me, they were always the black ones with like yellow on them. And they're called banana quits. I don't know why. Probably because they like bananas a lot. That's a cute name, though. I love that name. It is an adorable name. And they have long beaks because they eat nectar and they love sugar. And if she didn't put sugar out for them on time by the time like the little flock came by, they would just come inside and oh. take the sugar themselves. So <laughs> Grandma. <laughs> she had to be on time every day. 
That's cool. That's cool that they could like learn the pattern though. I I yeah. love when when animals can actually like detect patterns in nature and you can like see that when they move around us. That's yeah. sick. It was always like really amazing to me too because I would be like at her house cuz she'd like watch me sometimes when my mom was at work and I like I remember like okay, this is around the time when they one of the times of the day when they usually come by for sugar and then sure enough here they would be and you know sometimes there'd be two of them at a time while the others are like up in she has we have this fruit called kennep so they'd be like up in the kennep tree and then when it started to bloom they'd like be eating the nectar from those flowers but they'd come always come back to the sugar that she had out so like your neighborhood what did like was it full of trees and stuff yeah have those like no absolutely so my grandmother had multiple kennep trees in her yard and then we had two soursop trees, a cherry tree, and then I I planted a pomegranate tree sometime later. So we had a lot of fruit trees in my yard too. And then like, literally there's a track behind my house that leads down to like a really large grove of mango trees. And then behind my house, right before my high school was a large patch of guava trees. So there's just like trees all around. There's like a mango tree in front of my house as well this is just like there's just trees everywhere and i live on top of a hill so like the the, if i go down the hill i'm at the sea and then there's like coconut trees all over the beach as well wild (laughs) so i'm like what do you even (laughs) mean bro (laughs) house and i are both like damn what happens to the dynamics of the community and the ecosystems when there is like a huge weather event or something yeah it definitely changes everything my country used to export limes we had like several like miles of lime trees but then we had hurricane david and i think it was in the 80s and that destroyed all of the lime plantations and therefore we had to stop exporting limes because we could never recover we could never grow back enough lime trees to get back into that industry so with that kind of thing is it because of like the amount of like seawater that got into the soil or is it like just why couldn't the crop recover a couple years later it was like the change of the the land as well because there were landslides there was also like the time it takes for the trees to grow back and then the time it takes them to to mature yeah Yeah. and it takes the time it takes for them to produce limes and they also don't produce limes all year there's like a specific season when they are producing the limes so in for taking into account all of those things, we have to wait for the trees to grow back. We have to wait for it to be the right season. We have to like, you know, the ones that are still up, like, are they producing enough limes for us to, to be right. able to afford to rebuild and, you know, replant those those trees that we lost? It, yeah, we just true. fell so far behind, we could never recover from there. That's so interesting. I remember you maybe mentioning offline about a time, like a more recent weather event that kind of shook the system natural systems a little bit yeah yeah so recently because i feel like when it gets talked about in the the media when we talk about hurricane maria usually always talk about its effect on puerto rico right right because of it's like and this was in 2017 september of 2017 wait 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 it's story time i like that one i like that one Like I said before, I'm from the Commonwealth of Dominica. To us, that's a really big deal. We love our island. Mm. We there's nothing you could say about our island negative that would go over well. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing. I respect that. One like, time I said the name wrong and you were on me. <laughs> like a tourist visited the island once and like was like, oh man, all of the, the like tourist vendors are so pushy, and he they got jumped. I'll be honest with you, they got verbally jumped because it's like <laughs> we're being nice to you. What do you mean we're being so nice and accommodating? Also, like tourism is such a weird industry. We kind of have to like kind of kiss your ass, and you're upset. <laughs> I went to a gorgeous <laughs> island and was accosted. Yeah. <laughs> so my mom used to be a tourist vendor and. Let me get into it a little bit more, actually. So my island is a top tourist destination. It's lush green island. We call it the nature island of the Caribbean. We live mainly on the coast. Everything on the inside is mostly like untouched. There's some hiking trails through it. Imagine like a small, beautiful green island with like mountain peaks over like 4,000 feet high. And it's all just covered in forest. There's like two endemic species of parrots living up in there somewhere if you're lucky you can see them and there's like some hiking trails all throughout the like middle all through those like mountains are all reserves 
like there's northern forestry reserve and then southern one the central one it's mostly an all national park as well this is all protected area and there's signposts that tell you about the wildlife that you can see in all of these different areas we have yeah. lots of waterfalls lots of rivers lots of waterfalls one of our taglines for the tourists is that we have 365 rivers one for every day of the year <laughs> yo that's that for an island that's that's a grip and we really do have a lot no, we don't have as much now but when i was growing up there were a yeah. lot of rivers around at my house like from my house i can think of like three that were nearby that like we would go to and we we'll visit those rivers really often so we we have like get togethers near rivers we like sit there for hours and cook and talk uh, we go swimming sometimes we go just to swim and there's a lot of people that still go to wash so there's a lot of people that still do their laundry at the river my mom says like your clothes feel cleaner <laughs> you know we all have washing machines and yet we still just go to the river anyway <laughs> hey listen it saves power it does Love that. it does and like it was like one of the places that i loved exploring i actually have a scar on one of my knees because i slipped on a mossy rock and another rock went into my knee <laughs> I did well, not. I I did, it did not stop me though. I continued. <laughs> yeah, I like there that. There were I crayfish like that. to be found. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, how did crayfish get out there? Anyways, <laughs> there's also like freshwater shrimp too, like really interesting. And then there was like there's like these fish. So the rivers are usually like rivers flowing through. Um, usually rocks on the shore. Sometimes you'll have like some type of sand. And then on the other side of the river, it's either the same or sometimes you have like a little, like a small cliff and there's like more forest on the other side. And while you're sitting in the shallows of the river, you can sometimes see these like little iridescent fish. And I have wondered my whole life what they are and I found out what they are recently and I cannot remember the name for the life of me. (laughs) So now I have to go look it up all over again. Oh, Oh, no. But they are a very important fish for us because they're one of the fish. There's like the the certain season when there's a lot of rain. The rainy season is like half the year. So at some point in there (laughs) that these fish spawn and they spawn in such large numbers that we can like catch all of these like baby fish. And yeah. they are very important for a dish called acra. So it's oh, like this cool. this batter that you make and you put the tiny fish in that and you eat it. It's so good. It's so good. Oh. I didn't realize there was fish in there. You've had acra before? No, I've just I'm familiar with like the existence of the dish, but uh, I thought it was just a bread. Can... I thought it was just dough. No, no, like... no. It's like a I guess an American will call it a fish cake, but I would not call oh, it a okay. fish cake. I feel like that's a wrong description for me personally. But it's a batter, a little batter and you fry it. It's just so delicious. I miss it so much. But we can't get Tiwi here for me to make. It's got the, the the little fish we call them Titiwi. It's not the species of it. That's just what you call the fish at that stage, just Titiwi. And at one point, we actually did have like a Titiwi festival to show different ways you could like cook it, which is great. Yeah, <laughs> that's But like this, that's that's what I grew up with. My hometown is Portsmouth, and it's near a national park. And from my bedroom window, like from our house, my whole life, we could see I could see the mountains of the national park. I could also see some other mountains. One of them is Mono Diab. I always wonder what's at the top. And like my goal is to one day get to the top of it and see like who, what all lives up there. I've heard we have tarantulas. I've never seen them. They're probably high up on the mountains because that's where the person who found them said they were. That's cool. I actually read a paper that was talking about really high elevation tarantulas. Yeah. I wonder if it was a species similar to what you guys got. But they're like little guys. I they're like some of the smallest know. tarantulas. Yeah, I also want to know. I want to find them myself. Yeah. <laughs> I want to confirm. But like for every school trip we had, because it's like right in our hometown, we would go to Cabritz, which is the national park. And Cabritz, Cabritz or Cabritz is how you say goat. Oh, so okay. it's called that because there were a lot of goats up there at one point. <laughs> Egg, straight to the point. I respect straight it. Straight to the point. <laughs> <laughs> and I did end up working at that national park for a while, too. And I remember, because my mom was a tourist vendor at Cabritz, it's the one of the world's few natural cruise ship berths. What that means is that, like, the, here's the shore, like, the shore is here, and then there's some feet that you can walk, and then there's a sudden drop-off that's so deep they don't have to dig anymore for a cruise ship to come up and dock. It's cool. deep enough for, for them to just... Uh, and I have been snorkeling there. It is it is indeed very deep. 
it's it's actually a little scary. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say those those frightened me. Those drop offs. Yeah, and Cabrits is beautiful. There used to be a barracuda that lived under the pier. I don't know if it's still out there. If it is, I love you so much. Like it was bigger than me, but you know, it's because he was eating good. He's the only barracuda in that area. Yeah, <laughs> he found a great spot. <laughs> Yo, he that barracuda. <laughs> Before I knew about the Barracuda, and I was, like, young, and I would be on, like, trips, or I was with my mom while she was um, doing tourist vendor stuff, I would, like, always just explore. I'd read all the signposts. They would describe the Abola, which is a ground lizard from the Amiva family. So just think of, like, a really chunky lizard that lives on the ground, and the, the males have, like, this iridescent silvery blue to them. They're really pretty. And then the juveniles are like this really nice shade of chocolate brown. And they're faster than you think. So you'll see them, and they'll (laughs) see you, and you'll see each other, and they'll leave. (laughs) (laughs) And I would also like sit at the shore um, before I knew that like sea urchins had like an eye of sorts that they could see shadows from. I would like, you know, poke them with sticks. And I would see that they moved towards the stick. And I just don't understand how they could know that there was a stick. And I would, yeah. like, wave it across. It's like, I don't understand what's happening. But, like, it is still so interesting to me to, like, watch this. The signs would also describe the different kinds of snakes we had. And I don't think I've ever been afraid of snakes as far as I can remember. I remember holding... We have an endemic species of boa. I remember holding it when I was about 11. Someone had an adult one and I wanted to hold it so bad. And it's called a clouded boa because of its patterning. And I, like, it was incredible to me. I could feel its musculature. And I was like, this is amazing. How do snakes work? I wanted to know more. I would chase racers. We have these snakes called racers, the Dominican racer. And they are called racers for a reason. Yup. Those racers don't play. They do not. I was like, okay, cool, cool. <laughs> like, I, the number of times I've gotten my ankle broke by <laughs> by racers is insane now imagine imagine doing that on rocky terrain yeah because that's what it that's what it was it was like fully rocky terrain they can hide under the rock and i was like oh ooh, they got this wrong i don't got this but easier to catch with the hermit crabs we get such large hermit crabs up there in the, the national park i didn't realize that they could get this big and then i saw them for the first time it became normal to me and then every time I describe it to other people, they're like, hermit crabs can get what? <laughs> I guess coconut crabs are giant hermit crabs, for real. Yeah. They get mad big. They get so big. That's what got me into biology. Because, like, every day I go out and it's like, look at all of these here. Look at this. What's that? I want to know. How does it work? There's this one tree that has a sign that says, don't stand underneath it. Because it's, like, poisonous. So if the, like, if the fruit droops on you or water from the tree drips on you, it could burn your skin. Like, how does that work? How does all of this work? I need to know. So here I am now studying biology because of that. Thank you. (laughs) Just like imagine being a little kid and like you're seeing all of these like new butterflies. You know what butterflies are now. And you recognize like, these are the three I see the most. And then you see a new one. Every time you see a new one, you want to know what it is. And you're like describing it to your parents. And all they can give you is like name in Creole. Like, how do you type that into Google? That's another thing that made me the biologist that I am is because I want to be able to, like, bridge those gaps. Which, our, our official language is English, but we also speak okay. Lesser Antillian Creole. It is mutually intelligible with Louisiana Creole, but they are distinct, different languages. It's also mutual intelligible with Haitian Creole. Okay. Again, they're still, like, their own things. And, you know, the nature of living on an island is that there are hurricanes. So I've, I've experienced hurricanes before Hurricane Maria. One of them, I don't remember the name of it, but me and my siblings went out during the eye of the storm. Please don't do that. Please do not go out in the eye of the storm. I am not endorsing going out in the eye of the storm. I was a child. We were all children. We're stupid. <laughs> the views and opinions expressed on the We Out Here podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and we just went down the hill from the house to the sea to like look around and see what happened. And it wasn't like too much damage, but the waves were really rough at the beach. And there were a lot of like sea creatures that washed ashore. So there were a lot of fish I hadn't seen before. I saw a pufferfish for the first time. Wow. It was so cool seeing a pufferfish. I was like, look at this guy. What is he? Who is he? I need to yeah. know more about it. And I like, I remember when we got power back, I like spent like an hour or something looking up pufferfish. And I was like, ah, 
<laughs> still don't believe fish are real, but this is great. <laughs> and then the hurricane Berea happened in 2017. I remember like the day of it. So we knew it was like, it was like category free. And we were confident we could stay home because like the way that you build houses in the Caribbean is that typically you go with wood because the wood sways and bends with the, the wind. Um, okay. And it's reinforced. And then the roofs are galvanized. Sometimes people have concrete houses. Our house was concrete at this point. And sometimes they'll build on the sec- like they'll build two floors, but you build the second floor fully first, and then the first floor you like finish later, so it's on pillars for a while. And that's even better for a hurricane because you know it's solid concrete, you're good. We did have an earthquake though that was like, ooh, <laughs> oh no. Oh. <laughs> but my mother put together all of the important documents, you know, the passports birth certificates, bank stuff, just like, oh, you know, in a Ziploc bag. Just like, I got all the things. My dad walked the dogs and then made sure that their house was secure and that they're secure in their house. Also, in the Caribbean, like, your dogs live outside, typically. We don't typically have our dogs inside. So that's why I'm describing their house as being separate, because they have a separate domicile. You know, really fancy. Nice big house for them. My dad went all out. He popped off a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, you know, we collected clean water. So the way things work in Dominica as well is like because we have all these rivers, our water comes directly from there. They set up purification stations like somewhere along that. And then the water then goes from the purification station to whatever villages are nearby. Our electricity is also mostly hydroelectricity because we have so many waterfalls. Interesting. Oh, what? Yeah. And we also have one power company, one water company. It's a small island. We don't need multiple. It makes sense. (laughs) So we collected clean water, we charged everything that could be charged, made sure we had batteries, my mom checked all the lamps, she checked all the like oil lamps too, you know, just the, well, kerosene, not oil, she had all kerosene lamps too, just to make sure that, um, you know, that was also good. And then we, we were just chilling, it's like, all right, now we just wait, now we just wait for this hurricane that they said was coming. So... My dad thought about boarding up the windows. He's like, oh no, like, Cat 3 is a major hurricane, but it's like, to an islander who's been through many hurricanes, it's like, okay, sure. I don't need the hurricane shelter. (laughs) I'll stay home. We're good. I remember, like, it's starting to get dark and, like, listening to the radio, and it's about to make landfall, and the radio said that, like, oh, you know, it's now a Category 5. And I remember, hmm? I remember going, hmm? Wait, what? Isn't that the worst one? <laughs> what do you mean it's a Category 5? A while ago, it was a Category 3. And I learned later that it sped up uh, faster than a hurricane normally would under normal circumstances. The abnormal circumstances being climate change. Love to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> and then the hurricane made landfall. And I remember knowing that it made landfall because we also lost power on the opposite coast. So I live on the west coast. It made landfall on the east coast. The island was not very big. (laughs) So it made landfall on the east coast. And we also lost power over there on the west coast. And I was like, ah, oh. Something's going on. Something's happening. That's very... That's a doozy. Let's think about it. Had already started raining too, so it, okay. like it was starting to come in. But when it really like hit, power was out. And for folks who've never been in a hurricane, mm-hmm. also the rain isn't constant. The rain actually it's comes not. in waves. Yeah. So there are these arms of the hurricane that swing around, full of we call them. Think rain of it bands. like a, a Beyblade, right? How the yeah. Beyblades have like <laughs> we don't know a Beyblade is yeah. the top, but some of the fancy <laughs> Beyblades have like these cool like little like designs that stick out. One so if you don't side. know what a top is, <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, it'll come start sprinkling and then it'll intensify and then it kind of like falls back over and then it just like kind of comes and goes in waves every 15, 20 minutes, depending on how far away the hurricane is. And how big it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had never experienced a Category 5 hurricane before. So this is my first time and I didn't know what to expect, but I remember like hearing that last thing from the radio and I was like, should be fine. We'll be fine, right? Maybe my dad should have boarded up the windows. And I'm sitting in my room on my bed, and like the rain is coming. And I was like scrolling through an ebook on my that I had saved on my computer. And I was like, I don't want to like waste my battery power, so I closed it. I sat there some more, 
and like the window start the rain window rain starting to pick up and i was like maybe i should go sit outside with my family which turned out to be a good decision because at some point of it speeding up it shattered the windows in my room so it was like it was after a good de- you had left your room yeah it was a good decision to go sit out in the living room with my family so we're sitting in the living room and the sounds coming from all around are intensifying so you can hear the wind ripping through things like i said earlier everybody's rooms are made of galvanized galvanized is a type of like metal it usually has like this wave pattern to it and that's what we usually all have for our roofs and i can hear the metal ripping off of the roofs and then the sound that it makes as it's like spinning in the air sounds like you know that like sound effects of like a sharp blade that they usually like play oh, like yeah, slicing sh- through ear yeah like it was it wasn't as clear as that it sounded more like screechy but yeah, like yeah and then the wind on its own sounded like people were like screechy because i remember crying because it was terrifying it sounded so scary and then the second floor of my solid concrete house was swaying as this like is picking up at some point it ripped off part of our roof and it started to flood second floor flooding from the rain so we're sitting there getting rain on in the house and there's water up to our ankles in the house and all I can hear is the wind and the rain the sound of like trees being ripped apart just like broken and ripped apart sound like bones breaking not to be like really like dark about it but like that's what it sounded like it's it sounded like the life was being ripped out of my island yeah yeah and it was technically it was but like it just it sounded like my island was like a person and the hurricane was like ripping the life out of it I could hear like windows breaking and I'm sitting there and all I can think about is like my sister, my sister is married. My sister has a baby. He has my nephew and they don't live in our hometown anymore. They live far away. My grandmother lives nearby, but we don't know if she went to the shelter because when my mom went to check on her before all of this, she wasn't home. So either she's at the shelter or she's like in that house. The house is entirely wood. That house is not going to stand up to this. Where is she? I'm so, I'm scared. And... (laughs) How far was the shelter from your grandma's It was at the high school that I mentioned before, so it's not very far. Because my grandma lives like a two-minute walk away from me, and the high school is also like a two-minute walk away from me, even though I was late for school every day. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Two-minute walk away late for school every day, love that for me. Um, (laughs) I somehow became a prefect, I guess because of my good grades. So I could just like, at that point, I would just like hang around the gate and be like, I'm just making sure no one is late. Mind you, I was the late one. <laughs> you pretended to be a hall monitor? Yes. Because <laughs> that was one of the jobs they had Respect us do as prefects. So I was like, this is the job I will do every day. Oh, you were saying, you were like literal. Like you guys were actually prefects. Yeah. No, actual. Oh. It was an actual prefect. Yeah. Oh, you guys. That's real Commonwealth stuff right there. I had like a tie and everything. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> But, okay, so the wind is coming through. You're hearing all of these sounds. What was next? Just waiting. It felt like it was the longest night of my life. Because, like, you can't sleep. How are you going to sleep during all of this? So I am, like, fully awake, sitting on the couch with my family. My mom's praying loudly. My dad is, like, trying to reassure me because I'm, like, crying because the sounds are terrifying. Yeah. And my brother is just, like, my brother's just sitting there also trying to, like, reassure me while my mom is, like, praying loudly, which is kind of making things a little scarier for me. Because so I'm like, no, she's praying like we're about to die. Yeah. <laughs> she's praying like we are about to pass on. And I don't think my heart can take it, truly. And I'm thinking about my dogs. Because I, like, I can hear one of them barking at one point, And I'm just like... Is their house good enough to stand up to this? I don't know. I'm just, all I can think about is just everybody I care about who is not in the house with me at the moment. Yeah, and yeah. trying to like block out the sound of the wind and the rain. And like even the rain is just like so intense 
I have never experienced such like an intense rain before. I tried to figure out a way to describe this and I can't. It's just like this constant barrage of mm-hmm. water. So it lasted until dawn. Dawn was when it like finally let up. Because I remember like sitting there thinking like, isn't there, there should be like the eye of the storm where everything's calm. And I, do, I guess the eye did not pass over my hometown. Mm-mm. It's straight up blink. <laughs> it just kept going. <laughs> and I was just like, the longest night ever and then finally when the sun was like beginning to rise it's like you know still some light rains but it was like the end of it and i remember opening the door and looking around like me and my family were looking around and i do not recognize my neighborhood i do not recognize anything i don't know what's going on i'm genuinely confused for a minute because I see my neighbors coming out as well. I was like, okay, this has to be my neighborhood. But, like, what happened? So cabrets, which I've talked about, from my porch, I can see cabrets. And it's always been this cute little, like, mountain covered in forest. But I know in there that there is Fort Shirley, which is an old British fort. Uh, because, you know, they're like, we have to make sure we can see the French coming. Yeah. Uh, Because it's like right on a peak near the water. And I know that it's up there. I know the fort is there because I've been there a million times. And here I am now seeing the fort clearly. And not just the fort. I can see past the fort because there are no more trees. The trees are all broken. Yeah. I look at Morno Diab when I finally like open my bedroom and I see that like, you know, my windows have been shattered. And I look at Morno Diab and I can see all of the contours of the actual land because all of its trees are gone too. My dogs are fine. For everybody yeah. who are concerned, the dogs are okay. <laughs> I was low-key stressed. I was like, I don't want to be the person focused on the dogs, but... <laughs> My dad built them a spectacular house. They were chilling. They were vibing. Yo, shout out to your dad. My mom immediately um, was like, I have to go check on my mother. And she went to check on her. Her house was destroyed. But a neighbor nearby who did have a concrete house told her to like come over to their house before it was too late so she was with them so she was fine but her house was not okay she had to like try to salvage all the important things in there that she didn't um like take with her she took like like, her documents but everything was gone there are trees that have sheets of galvanized wrapped around them like the way that you would wrap ribbon around a present just like it was absolutely nothing for this yeah. for this hurricane. Just wrapped around trees, wrapped around other buildings. The telephone poles and wires are downed. I don't think there was any that were like upright like they were before. And when it's like safe enough, me and my brother were like, Oh, let's take a walk around the neighborhood and went into town and it was all just us like jumping over broken telephone poles and trees. And, like, the sea had washed up so much rocks and sand as well. And the more we walk into town, the more it's like... I um, I had spent my whole life on this island. I know what it looks like. And, sorry. No, take your time. It's take okay. Your time. It felt like my home was gone. I didn't, I couldn't recognize anything. I had no way to get in touch with anybody too because everything's down. We have no power, we have no water. Right, right. I don't know if my sister and my nephew are okay. And one of the rivers that like have visited my whole life like, there's barely any water running through it now because it's all just rock. It's filled with rock and broken trees. I know this now because, like, I've seen the pictures my cousin has taken. And the capital, Roseau, usually, like, this is the one place that has, like, slightly wider streets and has a bridge over a river. And the, the, the river is full of pieces of broken trees. There's no water anymore. It's just filled with broken trees as like far as I could see, like from the bridge itself 
or like all like further up like several feet further up it's all just like broken trees like it destroyed the trees on the mountain and they all just wash all the pieces just washed down and blocked the river and that's all it is now the streets are also filled with like broken trees and rocks me and my brother decided to walk to where my sister lives to check on her and our, our nephew and the next day we started walking and people don't want to drive because they don't know when we're gonna get gas again and i remember the whole time walking like the you know the first the very first day and that that day we started walking as well like i could hear helicopters and i remember like thinking like i'm pretty sure it's like news helicopters that's I guess we're a spectacle now because we didn't get like we got help from other islands like as soon as they could do it but for other countries it was a thing to look at I had to hear stories about people trying to save their loved ones there was a landslide where a man asked his wife to you know go check on their kids and not try to save him and it feels like it felt like we were just like a spectacle and there were people who were like dying or died sorry yeah i don't gotta apologize that's man i don't don't even know how i'd process that but um i remember doing that walk (laughs) i'm doing the walk with my brother and i don't know how neither of us were like sword and like we walked for so long and we've got to ride some of the way with someone and driving by all of these like so again we live mainly on the coast all the roads are on the coast and some of them go through a little bit like go through some like areas some villages that live near the forest and around rivers and seeing like people's houses like filled up with water and rocks from the rivers that retook their courses Uh, like natural courses people standing outside of those houses wondering what they're gonna do everything that they owned was in there and we finally got to a hill it was like halfway to where my sister lives and we got to a hill and there's like so many people standing on this hill because at this point at this point on the hill it's kind of close enough to a neighboring island that sometimes if the wind blows right, you can get a signal on your cell phone. Whoa, I was like, okay. oh. <laughs> so I, we ran up that hill and my sister could still get a signal where she was from and she had texted us and she's fine. And I have so many messages and missed calls from friends that like don't live on the island anymore or like are from America. And I can't answer it all because like I have nowhere to charge my phone when I get back. Yeah. But I'm like trying my best and I just <sighs> That like little hill was the only patch of green I had seen for a long time since the hurricane. Like first the first patch of green that I saw was like on that hill and it's like not even a lot of it wasn't even a lot of grass, but it was still just like green. Yep. <laughs> Something. And it's like I feel like it's also like a metaphor. <laughs> It was especially difficult knowing that, like, in the time it's going to take for us to, like, get everything back up or some of the things back up. Like, typically, if we have, like, a hurricane or storm and there's no water, we go to the river. But we can't go to the river anymore because there are no rivers. And if there is a river, it's dark brown because of the landslides. Everything has changed. Everything's different. There are also maybe dead animals in the water because, like, a lot of people lost their farm animals. And some, a lot of people, like, have their farms near rivers so that their animals can right. get water easily. So, it's, like, not recommended that you drink any of it or use it for anything. Yeah, yeah. And my mom, thankfully, for some reason, I always wondered when I was growing up, why do you have, like, three? Because she's, like, plastic barrels. So why do you have three plastic yep. barrels? full of water it doesn't make sense and yet now here we are i'm like she may have made she may have made a point she might have been on (laughs) to something with this one but it is still a limited amount of water and we don't want to use like too much of it we also can't use it for certain things we can't use it to cook because you know it's like rainwater in a plastic barrel so we still need water and there was a medical school on our island our hometown 
that my mom works at. I used to work there and they are allowing us. They're like, yeah, no, if you worked here, you have your, if you still have your ID or you don't, we can look you up because they have, we have generators. You can come on and you can bring like one or two close family members and collect water once a day. I think it was like once a day. So we were doing that. So we were getting water and it's like, you remember, we could also like charge our phones. Like, this is great. We have something. And then I remember my mom came home one day because she my brother and I didn't go. And she was like, we might not be able to go anymore because the American army is here to get the students that are still on the island because a lot of medical students are from America. And they want to stop us from coming on campus because we're not American. It's trifling, man. <laughs> when so I scandalous. tell you I was filled with anti-imperialist <laughs> rage. Writhing. <laughs> yo, yo. I already did not like the military. They did not do a single thing to endear me to them at all. No. And, and they snatched the water. And they snatched the Like, this is the one place that we have to get clean water. Yeah. We have nothing else. How long was it before you guys were able to establish like clean sources of water, like with regularity? It took weeks to to reestablish water and electricity because that was like two of their like main concerns. So it took like it took longer to get electricity, solid mm-hmm. constant electricity back up, and then like Wi-Fi was even later. <laughs> and even then, in some places, it was like really really spotty. But like one of the things that I remember like pretty vividly from that is that like my government passed some regulations to like mitigate climate change we banned like plastics and every time i remember it i, I can't help but to think cause, like i'm happy we're doing this but we're not the ones that are the major driving forces for climate change yeah. our output is so small it doesn't matter and even then like what is our output what are we doing we're not really doing much are we So Maria wasn't your first experience with a hurricane. It wasn't. But like all of my past experiences have been like, ooh, there's wind and there's rain. This is like, ooh. And then, you know, everything goes back to normal after a couple days. Like we get power back right away. And, you know, they clean up the roads. All of the dead fish that washed ashore get, you know, tossed. (laughs) Yep. And then that's it. It It's like sometime before Hurricane Maria, we had a tropical storm. That was bad. And I think that was like one of my first signs that like things aren't normal anymore. Because like this is just supposed to be a tropical storm. And yet we had a lot of flooding. For those of you who don't know, in a country where you have a lot of rivers and a lot of people settle around rivers, if you divert the river's course, when it, you know, rains heavily or it floods, it will return to its original course. And that can cause a lot of damage to the people who have decided to settle near the river. So that happened. And then there were landslides and it was really scary and devastating to see something that happened because we just have never had like something where like, oh, wow, we actually like can't really move around that much right now. It's not common for this to happen, especially from a tropical storm. So the preamble was already strange. Yeah. The last major hurricane we had before this was like Hurricane David, the one that destroyed all the lime plantations. So it's like that was weird. And then we like moved past that there were a couple things in there that you said that reminded me of what it was like when uh when ida came through new orleans you know people who who've never experienced you know a tropical rainstorm or a hurricane don't realize that it ruins your water like completely it's like it's not only dead animals but you know fortunately you guys had running you know had moving water but in lakes and in you know, low flowing streams and swamps, as soon as something, you know, when trees go down in that water, what you have is instant decomposition because the weather is so warm that the tree starts breaking down and then the bacterial load in that water increases significantly. So one of the things that like marked my mind was how these lagoons that were typically, you know, clear or green, which is normal for like a, you know, Gulf South waterway, they became black. And when I say black, I'm not talking about metaphorically. I'm saying you can't see an inch into the water because it's so black with bacteria. 
that's one of the dangers of hurricanes where it's like those waterways don't touch them. Yeah. You know, it's like there that's poison now. And then that second part with the phone, when you're up on that hill, there's like that relief of your phone kind of like blowing up when all of a sudden you get signal again. Like yeah. when I got signal and started getting texts from my mom and dad and everyone. And I was like, I can tell them I'm alive now. You know, that was instant relief because I'm like, I now have a connection to them, even if it's for a moment and then the cell drops off. But it's like, yeah. you can ping out one, some real quick at least. It's so weird because like, you know, usually when your phone's blowing up, the first thing you want to do is complain. Like, what are all these text <laughs> messages? Who was trying to talk to me right now? Yo, relax, I'm busy. Yep. Relax. But like, I have <laughs> never been so happy to have uh-huh. my phone like just send me notification after like I can't I could barely even check notifications my phone was going off so much and I've never been more happy but like thank god I like I'm getting something okay so with that last time that you were at the island what did the forest look like had it started had it recovered because that was what six years ago it looked really good it, it was yeah I saw it and I was like this is my forest this is this is it there are some parts where you can still see like the dead trees. So like in Sufria, which is in the south of the island, we have a lot of hot springs in that area, a lot of geothermal activity. Around some of the rivers there, you can see that like, you know, some of the trees that got broken, they just died and they like left them there. But there's yeah. vines growing on them now. So like some life is taking over them. Cool. cool. Which is really nice to see. I, I really appreciate it. The medical school is no longer on island. Well. Life comes at you fast. So you get for taking that water away. All right. It's that time of the show again, Chelsea, for shout outs. Ooh. Chelsea, Ooh. who would you like to give some shiggity shout outs to? I think. Hmm. So if you're on Twitter, you should follow at Micro Goes Wild. Her name is Joy. Uh, Joy with an I, not a Y. We love Joy. <laughs> Joy is really cool. <laughs> Joy is also unapologetically everything. <laughs> yep. Yes. <laughs> and in the is, bio. Yes. Unapologetically. It's really refreshing because I feel like for a minute, all I would see on my timeline is just like me and Alexi going, why is this the way that it is? It's terrible. <laughs> and now there's one new person. I'm like, yes. <laughs> Not alone. <Go. laughs> Trust it, Joy's going to be on the show. Yay! Trust it. So, anyone else? Is that um, Joy's, also, Joy's the one? The only? <laughs> not the one, <laughs> the only. But it's like, it's so, it's so hard to, like, figure out exactly who you want to shout out in any given moment. Shout out yeah. to Dr. Birdie, actually. Yeah. I don't know if you hear shout this, but shout out to Dr. Birdie. If you're ever in the Commonwealth of Dominica, not Dominican Republic... And you want to see some amazing birds. You want to see those endemic hummingbirds whose populations have recovered since the hurricane. Because, like, not having any food, they did start to die. But, you know, as everything recovered, they recovered. If you want to know the spots, you want to know about the specific hummingbird's personality that comes to this patch of flowers, he's your guy. You want to know where to see the endemic parents, both of them, he's, he's your guy. He has a scope that he'll bring with him and everything. He'll, Love you know, it. he'll he'll tell you the history of a place as you're going through it. He'll, like, point out the best mangoes to you. If you want some fresh mangoes as well? Like, he, he does everything. He does everything. You want to know how long these birds have been coming to an area? You got to ask Dr. Ruby. He does not have a PhD, like, an actual, like, degree. But he does he got in a our PhD hearts. In the streets. He might as Don't well. Don't even worry about it. Like, Don't as far, worry about as, it. as, far as got- we're concerned, he does. You got that PHB, that pretty huge brain. <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> okay. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show, Chelsea. This is fabulous. We appreciate you telling such like a serious and such like a close to home story. So like we take that seriously and we really appreciate that. Uh, and it is a relief to hear that the hummingbirds have recovered. But did you guys know, fun fact, that on the Canary Islands, they're actually no canaries. And same rule goes for the Virgin Islands. No canaries. Alexi, I... <laughs> <laughs> the 
We Out Here podcast is Allison Jones and Alexi Grusis. Show theme by Spencer Snedden. Show graphics by Khalif Gillette. And lead editing by Patrick Amaribe. Now, if you like the show, give us a quick five-star rating and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, this helps us out a ton. You guys know the drill. Uh, this is the best way for us to, you know, get in touch with a, a new, fresh audience and, of course, keep connecting with the audience that already knows and loves our voices. So this is a free act that you can do to help us out a ton. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at the We Out Here Pod. And if you're a black, brown, or indigenous person in science and nature and you want to connect with us and share a story with the audience and also get paid while you're at it, hit us up on social media or on our email at weoutherepod at gmail.com because your stories deserve to be heard. Now, if you're able to financially support our mission of sharing our stories with an ever-broadening audience, go to patreon.com slash weoutherepod. This is where we release bonus content when we have it available, and tiers can start as low as $2 a month. At higher tiers, you get complimentary merch quarterly, fresh designs yearly. All right, now it's time for fish talk. So the titiwi fish that Chelsea talked about are fish from the Selangidae family, which comprises ice fish and noodle fishes. So there's a little bit of fish knowledge for your noodle noggin. Now, if you're a person who's recently started living in a hurricane-prone area, y'all got six more months of hurricane season. Now, this is coming out in September, so y'all got till January. So you'll want to get yourself prepared. And one of the best ways to do that is to go to noaa.gov backslash hurricane dash prep to learn about how to weather such storms, at least marginally comfortably. Now, as Native Hawaiians are continuing to rebuild their lives following their own natural disaster on, on Maui, we encourage audience members of this podcast who have a little extra money to go to gofundme.org backslash f backslash help Maui rise to donate a small manageable amount to help people put their lives back together. Thanks for listening and while the weather is good, get outside. All three of them were like all excited. They're like, "Ooh, early walks!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like today's a good day. Like, oh, okay, all right, extra food and water. Mm, don't mind if I do. <laughs> start with a great day. Wow, uh, thanks for turning up. These people are starting to respect me. <laughs>